two index heavyweights are eyeing for a consolidation into a single entity. You guessed it right. We are discussing about HDFC Bank and HDFC Limited mega merger. Since the announcement on 4th April this year, investors are inquisitive about the outcome of this merger and the impact it will have on both entities. Both stocks were up almost 10% just after the announcement, indicating that the market participants have welcomed this event with a smile. Welcome to Moneyworks for Me podcast, where we discuss market events, sector updates and much more. Today we have with us our equity analyst, Mr. Rushikesh Bise, and we are going to try to uncover the nitty-gritties of this event for retail investors. Disclaimer, HDFC Bank and HDFC Limited are our portfolio companies for a long time and our clients and employees might be owning either or both of the stocks in their portfolios. With that, let's start our today's podcast. Welcome Rushikesh, hope you are doing well. Thank you Atharva. So Rushikesh, uh, HDFC Bank and HDFC Limited announced that uh, they have received the board approval for amalgamation of the two entities. And according to the merger ratio, HDFC Limited shareholders will get 42 shares of HDFC Bank for 25 shares of HDFC Limited. Yeah, correct. The record date is yet to be announced and the transaction is expected to be completed within 14 to 18 months. So how do you see this event uh, from a, as an equity analyst perspective and why is it happening right now? So uh, there are two reasons to it. Firstly, the merger fulfills the uh, implicit RBI policy of not allowing a bank to be owned by an NBFC or a housing finance company and having its lending business housed mainly in a bank. Hmm. So they wanted to have everything under one roof, under one bank. That's the first reason. Secondly, uh, in the past, when compared to banks, NBFCs have enjoyed uh, lesser regulations. But however, uh, in the last three years, especially uh, after the INFS crisis, which led to the liquidity crunch, the norms and regulations have become very stricter for NBFCs. So for instance, uh, NBFCs would report NPA only if no single installment has been paid in six months. Uh, and even if single installment was paid within those six months, that account would uh, not be termed as an NPA. But uh, recently the RBI changed these norms and uh, the six months have been changed to three months. Therefore, uh, there is no specific regulatory advantage that a large housing NBFC like HDFC Limited would enjoy Mm -hmm. by remaining an NBFC. Therefore, uh, merging with a bank makes sense. Correct. That that's quite uh, precise, Rishikesh. Thanks for that. Yeah. But the thing is that when when two entities consolidate, okay, their assets and liabilities gets also merged. So how do you see that this merger? Uh, what effect do you see that this merger would be having on the asset base of these two entities? So, uh, uh, talking of two entities, uh, I mean, anyways, the HDFC Limited is going to be merged with the HDFC Bank. So, uh, what if, what we are going to stare at after the merger is the asset base of HDFC Bank. So uh, let's talk of HDFC Bank's loan book. So the merger will increase the share of mortgages in HDFC Bank's loan book. Uh, So HDFC Bank has not had material portion of its, uh, it, uh, has not had material portion of home loans and mortgages on its loan book. So the uh, default rates for the home loans are generally lower, which which will therefore improve the overall asset quality of HDFC Bank's asset. But then uh, uh, HDFC, for, for HDFC Bank, a higher share of mortgage, mortgage business, uh, which is about 33%, could be margin dilutive because generally uh, the, the yields on the home loans is lower as compared to the other like personal loans or auto loans. 
but risk adjusted margins will still be healthy and also the tenor of the loans uh, tenor of the loan book itself will increase because the mortgages are generally uh, high term loans yes correct correct so rishikesh the thing is that as investors know that when a merger or acquisition happens there are always talks about uh, the outcomes or the possible uh, synergies that the two entities or the two or three entities might be able to achieve Correct. So, what kind of synergies do we see uh, these two entities uh, uh, enjoying after this merger? So, there are quite a few pretty obvious uh, synergies that would happen. Let's uh, let's talk about it one by one. Uh, let's talk of the uh, increased cross-selling opportunities that uh, HDFC Bank would get. So, the merger strategically fits HDFC Bank's product basket. Uh, so, the home loans, like like I just said, they are long tenure loans. So this provides banks the opportunity to cross-sell unsecured, low tenor, and profitable credit to the customers uh, during the loan repayment cycle. Yeah. So they 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 have uh, they onboard lot of customers on their hmm. uh, in their ecosystem, and the, those customers would, would then be open for uh, you know uh, hmm. the avenues will be opened up for the cross-selling the other products to those customers, and they those customers will be with you for a very long time. Certainly, yeah. So this will drive up the lifetime value of the customers. Uh, so just to give a data point, nearly 70% of HDFC banks, uh, 6.8 crores, uh, do not have housing loans. Oh, so so thus the merger will provide an opportunity to uh, cross-sell mortgage loans, uh, while HDFC Limited customers will be offered uh, other banking products. Um, HDFC banks' cost advantage will make the housing loan business much more competitive due to rising dominance of the banks in the seg- segment. So that there comes the second benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so the cost of borrowing to the banks is generally lower than NBFCs. So, uh, NBFCs have to rely on the wholesale fund uh, raising from banks or markets, uh, both which are relatively costly as compared to uh, banks' uh, cost of funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the so, banks on the other hand have CASA ratio, which is the lowest cost of borrowing because they hardly pay anything to the current account saving account holders. So the merger augments the ability to raise big ticket loans, especially at a time when you know capital investment in the country is picking up. So you have a larger balance sheet and uh, so your strength automatically increases. Thirdly, the benefits that coming from HDFC's expertise. So HDFC Limited uh, has had an uh, expertise in the real estate space and uh, it is known for efficient processing of loans, which has enabled a favorable cost to income ratio to you know uh, HDFC Limited so far. So for HDFC business of mortgages, lower cost of fund will be made available because of HDFC bank and the bank will have access to efficient mortgage origination and loan servicing processes of HDFC Limited. Yes, that so, was very well explained Rishikesh because the thing is that synergies and mergers are all about the mutual benefit. Yeah. Where one entity should benefit from the, uh, the, ben- the, the advantages or the competitive advantages of the other entity and vice versa. That, that was very well put. But the thing is that there will always be some challenges. So what challenges do you see in this merger as well? Because not not everything is as rosy as it might look. There will be some, some challenges inherent in the overall merger process or the acquisition of customers, in approvals from the shareholders and even the approvals from the board as well or under regulatory formalities. What, what do you see on the, on, on the challenges front? So uh, on the challenges front, I see most of it is towards uh, regulatory challenges. Uh, so, so our first obvious challenge is that you know the mergers, merger is subject to the uh, regulatory approval from RBI or IRDA, CCI, SEBI and stock exchanges. Uh, so RBI advocates the holding company structure for non-lending businesses. 
So if this structure particularly, which the current existing structure is not approved, the companies will have to uh, reconsider the scheme of arrangement. So right now, most of the uh, things are factored in uh, by keeping in certain scheme of arrangement, but that could again change because of the uh, regulatory requirements. So that is one risk. Mm. Uh, secondly, the SLR and CLR requirement. So the banks uh, are required to follow certain uh, regulatory commitments such as uh, statutory liquidity ratio and uh, cash reserve ratio. So SLR is uh, required to be 18% of net demand and time liabilities, while CLR is required to be 4% of net demand and time liabilities. So this merger will require a higher appropriation for SLR and CLR. Uh, which would uh, uh, lead to uh, impact on the return on assets because uh, these uh, SLR and CRR, the money kept under CR, SLR, SLR and CRR, it is mostly low, uh, uh, low yielding securities. So that would again impact on the overall ROAs and for, a, hmm. uh, for quite some time the ROAs would remain a bit depressed. And then the thirdly, uh, one more thing, uh, uh, like I just mentioned in the uh, in the previous question also, on the margins. So the merger may lower the uh, net interest margins uh, due to inculcation of mortgages on the uh, in the HDFC mm. bank's loan book. Mm. Mm. So mortgages, just like I mentioned, generally have a lower default rates and lower margins also okay. because of its secured nature. Yes. So you don't have a lot yes. of people uh, defaulting on the home loans, uh, and uh, uh, the the interest rate on the home loan also is very low. Uh, but then you know, given the housing cycle in India is poised for uptake, the growth in housing loan can compensate for the lower names. Yes, so well, that risk pretty much could be you know uh, uh, could be cancelled out. Right. So as we actually mentioned that uh, the housing cycle is on the uptake, and we have been participating in various names that directly cater to uh, the housing uh, industry, building material space, or yeah, cement yeah, yeah. and housing finance. And we have been pretty early in those, just yes. like into building okay. materials especially. So I guess that that those that, that diversification could negate the effects of this one particular risk from lower margin products of the HDFC Limited. That's right. great. That's good. So, but uh, what would be the short term impact on the stock price? That's that's the most uh, this this is the most impo- uh, repeated question that our subscribers have asked us. That what in the short term the impact would be on the price yeah yeah so uh, so firstly this is just about the price movement i mean i'm not talking about the business here but uh, uh, so so there could be a uh, something uh, there, some factor that could lead to short term volatility in the stock price of the entities mm. so sdh limited forms uh, about 6% of the msci india index uh, and hdfc bank is not a part of the index msci index so HDFC Limited will cease to be the part of uh, MSCI index once this merger happens because then HDFC Limited is going to be a part of HDFC Bank. Mm-hmm. So FIIs may reduce their exposure to HDFC Limited uh, in a steady manner. Okay. But, but on the other hand, DIS on an aggregate have been underexposed to HDFC Limited mm-hmm. as compared to the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And one reason of that is uh, you know uh, the, the, the tapered down growth rate of HDFC Limited. So that's why most of the uh, mutual funds have been uh, uh, relatively underweight to mm. the uh, uh, to this stock. So now uh, post the merger, they may want to increase their exposure to it. So uh, so there there would there would be a tussle between DIS and FIS, and uh, you know there would be a buying from one side and selling from one side. So due to all these reasons, uh, the stock may see some volatility in the medium term till this uh, things uh, settle down. 
So Rushikesh, uh, the thing is that our subscribers are getting their advice on asset allocation and rebalancing on from our solutions like Superstars and Omega. But people who are listening to our talk right now, they might not be our subscribers yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, they might be exploring our site. They might be just listeners yeah. of this podcast. But they might be having these two stocks in their portfolio. Yeah. Okay, okay, and they might be having under allocated or over allocated depending on how their conviction was on their stock. Yeah. But what what anything you want to suggest our to our listeners on the asset allocation? part yeah. since most investors definitely as i said would be having these two companies in their portfolios yeah correct so uh, i mean uh, firstly coming out uh, with respect to the allocation uh, we do not see any change that is required in the allocation in both these entities so uh, looking at the future prospects of a merged bank the positive impacts mentioned that i uh, during the talks uh, uh, they 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 majorly surpass the negatives i mean the risk that we talked about Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean I would suggest that we we won't mind holding seven percent allocation of a merged HDFC bank mm-hmm. in our portfolio, oh. core yes. portfolio specifically. Yes. Uh, and uh, so 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 our recommendation would be to keep the allocation as it is. Uh, but you know uh, if if there's some material change uh, that happens in this uh, in the in the structure or into the organization, mm-hmm. uh, and and that uh, that leads to if that leads to any uh, any change in the future prospects. Then we might recommend uh, reducing the allocation, but right now that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, given the fact uh, that at the current juncture, the things look fine, and uh, we would recommend uh, the status quo to the existing allocation. Okay, that was great, Mr. Kesh. That was really an insightful discussion. Even a lot of doubt, my doubts, maybe listeners' doubts have been clarified on the positives, negatives, outcomes, and the future aspects of this merger. Okay, thanks for time, Mr. Kesh. Thank okay. you, thank you, Atul. Yes, and secondly, on the on the on the forward listeners, okay, Moneyworks for me is a SEBI registered investment advisor. We advise uh, our clients on long term portfolio building. We where we build high quality stocks portfolio for our clients uh, by doing it. Now, this advice we provide to our subscribers through our two solutions, which are predominantly Superstars and Omega. Where Superstars is our do-it-yourself product, which is more inclined, which is more uh, 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 what you can say, well, accepted and welcomed by do-it-yourself investors who are more inclined towards research, doing their research on their own, and building a direct stocks portfolio. On the other hand, where we have the Omega, which is a portfolio advisory solution, where we charge almost close to a direct mutual fund plan, which is very competitive in the entire industry, and which is mostly welcomed by business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, uh, professionals at uh, high level. management who do not have the time to dedicate to do it yourself investing and all the uh, the and all the what we can say uh, the responsibilities that come with managing a portfolio they subscribe to our omega portfolio advisory solution we have them in our uh, uh, on the website you can check the our solutions section on the on your uh, in your account or on our website and get to know more about our plans and you can schedule a call with our investment counselors discuss with them your requirements your challenges and maybe get a right fit for your requirements from a solutions point of view thank you for attending this podcast Rishikesh Nathar was signing out. Thank you. Have a great day.